You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hey, everybody! Welcome back to Letterman Row. I am Austin Ward. We got the whole crew in the building: Jeremy Birmingham, Spencer Holbrook, and Tim May. This is Rapid Reaction, brought to you by Byers Auto. As expected, Ohio State, the Big Ten champions, uh, fresh off the twenty-two to ten win over Northwestern on Saturday in Indianapolis, are heading back to the playoff. They are the three seed. They will get their rematch against Clemson. Uh, both of those things, which they desperately wanted, obviously, a little bit of a surprise, just with where they are headed. We anticipated that game would be in Dallas, uh, but the opportunity to potentially give uh, Alabama a home field advantage against Notre Dame tipped the scale. So instead, uh, the Buckeyes will be in the Sugar Bowl, uh, another place where they've had some success in the semifinal. Um, Berm, your initial reaction to uh, this confirmation on Selection Sunday? I mean, it's what we pretty much expected for the last month, as long as the Buckeyes won out, the way that the other teams uh, that had to play each other would would shake down you figured you know we talked about it last week Ohio State was going to move up to number three and would play the winner of the ACC championship game in, in the playoff and uh, here we are Ohio State Clemson again I mean it's time to exercise some demons I guess or uh, let the demons continue to beat the crap out of you one of the two Tim, do I go you, next yeah what do you, you want me to go next practice? Austin yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not you know uh, the only surprise is the fact that, they're, like you said, they're not. But the Rose Bowl is not the Rose Bowl this year, from the standpoint of where it is. You know, we all expected possibility of them being in the Rose Bowl against Clemson. If in fact the Rose Bowl stayed in Pasadena, uh, it's really interesting that Alabama's perceived to have a better audience in in maybe Dallas than it is a uh, Sugar Bowl because the Sugar Bowl. You know, I go back a long way with Alabama. That's always been their home field, so to speak, when it came to bowl games. But but yeah, this played out. I said this all week last week. I, I think unless there were some a big upset in the Alabama game uh, that I thought the, the final the four last week were going to be the final four this this week and maybe another order. But yeah, I think we even Wyatt Davis and other guys have hinted that they wanted another shot at Clemson. That's you know as much a reason why Wyatt Davis came back as anything else. Now you got it. Yeah, I think it's a matter of um, flopping the the sites there so that Alabama. Uh, Dallas is going to have 16,000 fans in attendance, so uh, potentially to give them a, an actual home field compared to 3,000 fans being allowed in the Sugar Bowl. Yeah. I mean, we're making all of this up as we go. Why not just do it that way? In most years, you're right. I think Alabama would prefer that's the traditional site for an SEC champion to go. Um, but whatever. Uh, Ohio State, Clemson, in New Orleans, uh, Spencer, as, as Tim alluded to, this has been uh, circled and, and, and hoped for for the Buckeyes since December 28th of last year. It was hung in the weight room at the Woody Hayes Athletic Center, the final score. You know, they had to be reminded of it through winter conditioning and mat drills and through those two spring practices before they went home. I imagine it was on some Zoom calls in the background when Mick Mariota Marotti was talking to some of these guys about what, uh, you know, they were supposed to do. And I can imagine that it was up there all season because this is the goal. The goal is to get back to the college football playoff and beat Clemson. It's, and I think it would have been a little hollow on this path if they can win a national championship and didn't get a chance to beat Clemson, I think this is exactly what they wanted. They've got, they've got the exact thing that they wanted. doesn't matter where it's being played. It's Ohio state Clemson 
0-4 against them all time. It's time, it's time, like Berm said, for Ohio State to try and exercise some of these demons. Yeah, let me interject this too. Isn't it amazing well, the way this season has gone, as crazy as it's been, that this is the matchup, that, th- that they have arrived at this, that you've got these four perennial powers. Uh, well, I'm throwing Notre Dame in there as a traditional per- power, but that th- this, these are the matchups and that it is Ohio State, Clemson is crazy. The wormhole opened last year when Ohio State lost to Clemson the way they did. The entirety of 2020 that has occurred is because of the outcome of that game. I think we can all agree. I agree, yeah. You know, whatever they were watching on that replay monitor was from a different dimension uh, to overturn the touchdown. Um, I, I would hesitate to put uh, modern-day Notre Dame in that conversation. Uh, you're talking about with the powerhouses, Tim, because they've become such a doormat in big games. Um, but I think the committee had long ago came, come to the realization that these were the four best for this season. I don't think that there's any chance that Notre Dame can beat Alabama. Um, and now we have – what do we have? Ten – 11 days to break down whether Ohio state can break this streak against Clemson. Um, I think from my perspective and you guys can weigh in here, the things that we're going to be talking about over the next week and a half, Justin Fields is going to have to play uh, much better as a passer. And that thumb is going to need to uh, check out. It's uh, when we're talking about, you know, that's a similar conversation between Clemson 2019 and the college football playoff semifinal is Justin Fields going to be healthy. Now we'll be talking about uh, his thumb every single day. Uh, you know, I think that this this Clemson defense is not one of the premier vintages that they've ever had. Uh, this is an interesting matchup, but in, I give Justin Fields a lot of credit, Berm, for what he talked about right after that game. He didn't talk about his thumb. He didn't talk about, you know, play calling or, um, you know, Northwestern's defense or anything else. He just said he had to play better. Justin's legacy is going to be defined by what happens in this Clemson game. I mean, we've seen him – um, be as good as any quarterback in Ohio State history most times he stepped on the field. And then you have a couple games where he has looked fairly uh, pedestrian. And, and the two games this year against the best two defenses Ohio State has faced, he's looked pedestrian. He has been really frazzled by the, the blitzing that uh, Indiana and Northwestern did. You know darn well Brent Venables is going to be trying to mix things up and get him to be uh, uncomfortable and – Certainly the good news is that the Big Ten appears to be on board with changing its COVID protocols and lessening the lowering the number of days that people are out from 21 to 17, which should allow Chris Olave to be back for the Clemson game uh, as long as he takes care of all the pulmonary uh, testing that he needs to post-return. Yep. The Buckeyes are going to be at as full strength as possible right now, uh, assuming that Justin's thumb is okay. He was fixing a flat tire in the parking lot of the whack they said today. So, you know, maybe he's doing that with both hands. I'd assume. Um, they couldn't find anybody else to go help him. Hey, listen, it's 2020. You got to learn to do that stuff yourself. Okay. I got, there, there, I got there's letters. a need for people to know the trades. I got three letters for him. Triple a man, triple a, you know, it's come to <laughs> come to my Fields, rescue a couple of times. Justin Fields can't be a triple a player against Clemson. He needs to be a major league player against Clemson. Bingo. You don't and, want your uh, major league ooh. player changing a tire. You want your AAA doing it. And um, uh, it, it, everything in Ohio State, every opportunity for Ohio State to beat Clemson relies solely on Justin Fields. Um, certainly the Buckeyes have to feel good about what they saw against Northwestern with the running game and the reestablishment of the dominance of that offensive line. Um, they're going to need that against Clemson's front seven. I agree 100%. You know, but, and, and what you're we're saying here, it's the rematch, but it's not the two same teams, you know, including Ohio State. Uh, you know, Ohio State got beat last year. 
Yeah, but the the, the call that uh, was reversed, but also the fact they gave up three huge plays in that game when they when they had been a, done a good job of keeping that from happening earlier that year, uh, earlier in the season. Uh, that's why they got beat. But these aren't the same teams that we saw take the field a year ago, except in uniform. And, uh, and uh, you know, Ohio State defense, in my opinion, like I said in my bold prediction on, on this site, uh, on LettermanRoad.com on Friday, the Ohio State defense, I think everybody left the stadium saying the better defense on, on Saturday in, in Indianapolis was Ohio State when the dust settled. And I think this defense still has a ways to go to prove itself. But I thought the two best defenses uh, on the fields yesterday – of the top four were Clemson and Ohio state. And so, you know, we'll see where this goes. I, th- I just think it's, this just oozes with uh pregame and Dabo Sweeney basically alluding that Ohio state probably shouldn't be considered in the top four. You know, that just adds to it in my opinion. Yeah. Spencer, I doubt that Ohio state needed any extra motivational fuel to, <laughs> to break this streak against Clemson. And after what happened last year, but there's Dabo running his mouth anyway to give it to him. Yeah, you've always got a storyline when it comes to Dabo, especially when he's trying to talk about Ohio State. He's always got something to say about the Buckeyes. And yeah, I think he has some... something to say about everything, let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, for sure. But when it comes to what we pay attention to, it seems like every time you need a quote from a different coach about Ohio State, Dabo's just there to give one to you and to give you a little bit of motivation. I think this is going to fuel the Ohio State team. I think you're going to hear a lot about how Trevor Lawrence is going to carve into this secondary. I think that's going to fuel the Ohio State defense. You're going to talk about – Travis Etienne against this run defense, which is going to be an awesome matchup to watch. It might be my favorite thing to watch on this field. You're going to hear about Justin Fields struggling against blitzes. That's going to fuel this team. And then, of course, Dabo is probably going to say something in the next 10 days that makes Ohio State a little angry again. So no shortage of storylines here. Super excited to dive into this. I, I just can't wait. It's going to be awesome. Hey, you know how they always have time for war, playing Michigan week, time for war, time for war. You do see to have Dabo running his flap in his gums playing over the loudspeakers in the whack <laughs> yeah. for the nonstop. I, I, I would want, if I was Ryan day, I would have my players going to sleep hearing Gab, Davos. I'm sorry, Dabo, not Gabo, Dabo Sweeney's voice for the next 10 days. I would Gabby, never Gabby. stop letting them hear his voice. Gabby Dabo. Is that what you're trying to say? I think that's what you're trying to say there. Yeah. I mean, former walk-ons always seem to have a chip on their shoulder. Go ahead. Uh, and, ESPN has already uh, reported, Berm, that the Big Ten protocols will change from 21 to 17. Uh, You referenced that with potentially uh, some players who missed the Big Ten championship game, including a wide receiver. We'll see exactly what that means uh, for the Buckeyes. If if somebody tests positive between now and then, that will not help. Uh, This is that cutoff would be what it would have been Tuesday of this week. Um, So we'll see exactly what that means for the availability report moving forward. Ohio State will still have to. Uh, take those daily tests. They'll still have to be careful over the next 11, 12 days to avoid uh, adding to that unavailability list. Uh, that's still been pretty sizable and, uh, you know, had numerous starters on that list again on Saturday for Ohio State to deal with. Uh, Kevin Warren, had, had, since we since we haven't got that directly confirmed by the Big Ten, Kevin Warren uh, talked with me on Friday, suggested that was coming. Ohio State was expecting 17. I don't really understand why that's still the number. I guess it's still seven days for the heart screening, but um, that is better uh, than what they had before. Yeah, you know, what I was told, uh, you know, because I tweeted that uh, late last week that that was probably going to be the case. And uh, the reason I did that was I was told that it's more of, it's, it's more of that, that they can get in a, a, a quicker read on whether you've got myocarditis. You know, how, the Big Ten is the only one 
I think of the major conferences that actually, you know, uh, demands that you have an MRI for the myocarditis thing, which can show whether you have it or not uh, immediately is the way I is, is the way I was told. And I think they've shortened that part of it. I, I think their reacclimation part is the part, you know, we've all kind of struggled with, but when you heard Josh Myers talk about that, where he wasn't allowed to do anything for 10 days uh, while, while he had it, you know, that reacclimation kind of makes a little bit of sense. Don't you agree? Well, Berm, you, you took notice of Josh Myers walking off the field last night. He looked exhausted. I mean, but I also, they had just run for a thousand yards yeah. And uh, so, I mean, I, I could have been that, but he definitely, I'm I just watching the celebration on the field. There was certainly just exhaustion and he looked particularly more winded than other guys, but I may have also just been spotlighting him at that moment. And it could have been a look of just like, Holy crap, we just won this game when we maybe shouldn't have, um, you know, so I, I again, I was 6,000 yards away. So who knows? Yeah, can I throw something in real quick? Uh, I've been watching Ohio State football now for a very long time, especially the way the right side of the offensive line took control yesterday, I, almost from the start. But then, then Ryan Day and his coaches figured it out too, you know, and Trey Sermon. But I'm talking about Nicholas Petit Freire and uh, Wyatt Davis especially had a game, man. And, uh, you know, Trey Sermon benefited from that. Trey Sermon also ran like he hasn't run before for Ohio State, which was also – but. That was a sight to behold, my friends. That's how you win four consecutive Big Ten championships. Ohio State did that on Saturday. The very next day, they, as expected, punched that bid back to the college football playoff. They will play Clemson in a two-versus-three matchup. It will not be in the Rose Bowl. Neither will it be in Dallas. It's back to the Sugar Bowl. Buckeyes, Clemson, another round. Ohio State trying to get uh, revenge. Not going to call it a revenge tour. Those don't usually work out that well. That's Jeremy Birmingham, Spencer Holbrook, and Tim May. I am Austin Ward. This has been Buyer's Auto Rapid Reaction. Stay with us for full coverage heading into the Sugar Bowl at LettermanRow.com.